One, two, three, four. Look who's just walked through my door. I did, and I, it took me four steps to get through your door. The reason I know that is because I got a Fitbit. Oh, dear. Look at that. You've joined the the tech thing, people. 10,144 10, steps today. You can measure it on your phone. Why have you got a Fitbit? Um, was it a present? It was a present. If it was a present, I'll let <laughs> it was a present. If it was a present, I'll let you off. <laughs> You listen to County Live. This is the first one of summer 2019. Um, they'll probably be, we'll do our best throughout the summer. They'll probably be quite irregular, but we will do our best to bring you news as it as it arrives. But uh, the reason we're sitting here tonight is that back in pre-season training a little bit early. Yeah, pre-season started. Um, obviously, the weather makes it a little bit easier to find the time uh, to do the podcast because we're not out enjoying it in the beer garden uh, as years gone by um yeah it was it was the first pre-season training session uh, tonight not the whole squad were there you know there, there were a couple still away um with whatever commitments but the majority of the lads were there and it was uh, you know it was great to see them again and it was everybody was just saying i can't believe it's here already it's, it's it comes around you know sort of quicker than you quicker than you realize uh, you, you're back so um yeah, it was it was great seeing everyone. Um, everyone's got stories of what they've done in in those few weeks, um, but ultimately it's as you were <laughs> with training now. And do you read anything into coming back early? Not just you know keen to make the most of it because the other thing you have to remember at this time of year is you know we're approaching the longest day, yeah. so you can get a lot more out of training in terms of you can go on a bit longer. It doesn't matter if you go longer. It doesn't matter if you start later. Stuff like that. Yeah, I think. Um, so we're going to hear from Jordan Keane in a little bit. Uh, and he said something that I thought was quite a good point. He was saying, because because you've not had such a long break, there's not really that much you've got to get back. It's not like you've had an extra two or three weeks on the beach and you've got maybe a, a little bit of extra timber uh, around the midriff. Because you've only had a few weeks away, you, you can't have got that much out of shape, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... In some ways, it, 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 I think it's good just for team building. It's good for uh, you know getting back into the groove and, and back into the flow um, because it, you know it was not a high intensity training session um, tonight by any stretch. But it was good just to see the, the boys back in motion and, and you know Jim going going back through tactics and uh, and fitness and, and everything else and who was needing to focus on what. It just I think if anything, it just begins that preparation. A lot of times during the season, there's training sessions where they're very stressful because three points in this game could be the difference between this and that, or uh, you know, winning in this game could be going through to the next round of a cup, which could mean so many, so much more money in the finance or an away tie at this club or that club. So there's a lot of stress in training sessions through the through the season. Whereas at the moment, you know, it doesn't matter so much um, because there's no big game on Saturday there's no Saturday Tuesday Saturday situation so um, the, the players can just get down and enjoy playing football which is what they wanted to do and I think Jim's probably taken that into consideration you know he's wanting the lads to enjoy themselves while playing football because a lot of the time during the season they, they probably don't <laughs> hearing the gaffer um, shouting uh, instructions from the sidelines and having to stick to game plans and whatever so just get out there, have a kick around and, and stay, in, stay in good nick. And I think that's what tonight was all about. Funny enough, I was reading a story today about John Mitchell, who's the England Rugby Union defence coach. But he was um, coach for Sale um, back in the day in 97, 98. His first job as a coach, as a, as a young coach. And he's, very, he's a very 
tough old-fashioned New Zealander. Um, at his very first training session, he he just put some cones out. He said, right, forwards over there, backs over there. All right, you know, I've run around, come in. And then he locked them in the clubhouse. He had a barrel of beer. And, <laughs> said, and he said, right, no one's going anywhere until that barrel of beer is finished. And if you want to go for a wee, you've got to neck a pint before you do it. <laughs> I presume it wasn't a training session like that. We should do that in this studio. <laughs> we should get a big barrel of beer. That would be an interesting podcast. Um, but let's talk about um, players then. There's, first of all, I want to talk about, there's a big Matty Warburton-shaped hole in this squad now. Yeah, so three key departures really in the summer. Um, Matty Warburton, obviously the leading light of them. Um, very popular guy. Talismanic in many ways. Um, he's a goal scorer, he's a creator, he's a provider. Um, I don't think I don't think there'll be too many people begrudge him the move away. I think his relationship with the fans um, spoke a lot for his character, and for that, he's forgiven fairly fairly easily. Um, the, the the biggest not gripe um, for me, but the, the thing the, the biggest wrong I want to put right is players. I don't want I don't want to see Stockport County players seeing Northampton Town as a step up. You know, um, when we get back into the league, which I think we will within two or three seasons, um, all being well, when we get back into the league, Northampton Town is is not a, a bigger move than Stockport County at the moment. It's it's the difference between league and non-league. Uh, you know, so I'll give it that credit and fair play to Matty uh, for sealing that move. But um, for me, the the real pride and the real win, if you like, starts coming back when. Northampton Town players want to come to County because that's the bigger move and when we're in the same division I think it will be but um, you know football is football players, managers come and go uh, Matty came uh, he did a lot for us and now he's gone um, we've brought a new player in to hopefully fill that hole a little bit Alex Currens comes very highly rated um, from Colne he's had um, previous experience at, at Blackburn a lot of the players who have played with him speak really highly of him uh, didn't get the chance to meet him um, today, but looking forward to just having a chat with him really, and uh, as a, as a fan slash someone who's been around the players the last couple of years, you can you can see a sort of personality mould if you like that Jim likes to bring through, which was typified in Matty really, you know, a bit of a leader, uh, able to have a laugh, but at the same time very determined and very focused, uh, and very good with the fans, and I think Alex and any other player will will probably fit into that mould. The other two holes. Um, Scott Duxbury and Darren Stevenson, it, it would be fair to say, left under a little bit of a cloud. Um, they've both put statements out on social defending their actions, and it all got a little bit messy at one point. I don't think there'll be any love lost. Um, I think the county fans still appreciate. This is football. You can't win everyone. Yeah. You can't keep everyone happy. Yeah. When you know, and people leave, you know, it's always and um, and players are gonna you know look at other things look at you know like magpies look at the shiny thing over there they're gonna look yeah. at the chance of you know getting a, and then you throw agents into the mix and you know it's yeah it's, it's unfortunate it's football but it but like you say it is football i think the good thing the good thing is that we've kept the majority of the squad together and whereas there are fans saying can we just sign some players please um part of me is quite happy we've not got a wholesale change we've, what we've got to remember is what this squad achieved last season was nothing short of remarkable. The incredible unbeaten run, the you know the the um, semi-finals of the FA Trophy, the incredible FA Cup run, capping it off 
with the trophy at the end of the season for winning the league and the, ta and the, and the parade through the town. That was absolutely incredible. I don't really want to see that team all disbanded and a whole load of new faces. I want to see those guys who earned it be given the chance. So, you know, um, Scott Duxbury, Darren Stevenson, Matty Warburton, shake your hand, go for a pint one day when you're back in Stockport, happy days, we'll see you later. Um, I want a couple of new faces in, which, I, you know, um, Jim's not alluded, we'll hear in his interview in a few minutes, He's not. he doesn't allude to any more faces coming in, but you'd imagine one or two will, you know, certainly in that left-back department, you would think there's probably going to be some cover brought in there, but um, I'm quite happy that the bulk of the squad is still there, because these guys, these guys earned the right to go up together, um, so I, I want to see what they can achieve, and if it doesn't work out quickly, then I've got faith in no one more than I do in Jim Gannon to, to put that right. Well, let me tell you, and you'll know this for a fact, that um, every single club fan at every single club right now in Great Britain is saying, let's just sign some players. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, county players and county fans are not unique in that. Let's hear from Jim Gannon. Jim, it's like we were never away. Back here for pre-season, Man of Farm. How are you feeling? Uh, soon come around. Um, no, I'm delighted to be back in at Manor Farm back into training it's great seeing the lads start, it's great getting together and uh, starting to get excited about the season ahead now In the dressing room downstairs the, the lads are starting to come in when they get here that's going to be a dressing room of champions how does it feel when you walk in there and see the lads all ready to go again? Uh, well yeah we've had a fantastic year and um, some great achievements last year even without the pinnacle of being champions so they should be very proud of themselves but they're the sound guys, they just come in and um, you can see there's a focus on just working hard in pre-season and making sure to give themselves every chance of having an equally good season next year. Obviously, it's a level higher this season. Do you, did your preparation change? How do you, how do you, how do you master the season ahead? Um, big question, that. Um, firstly, I think it's one of the biggest jumps in football. Uh, a lot of people talk about the championship to the premiership, but I think those gaps are closing I think this is the biggest jump. When you're going from what's regional football to national, when you're going from a majority part-time league to a full-time league, with all the criteria that the FA impose upon clubs at that level, it's a massive step up. Um, only the best clubs who are investing well or got strong management and teams have done well. Um, so hopefully we can replicate like Salford and Fylde and Harrogate and Halifax have gone on and, and consolidated that level. Um, yeah, but it's going to be a, a, a tough ask next year anyway to make that transition, getting used to all the, the rigours of the National League, the travel, uh, tough games week in, week out, on a Tuesday night away from home, long distances. It's all going to be really tough, but um, it's a challenge I think most of my players are ready for now at this stage of their careers. Do you think there's any place for stereotypes in, in, in football when you, when you get promoted or when you get relegated? Do you think it's a, it's a case of the teams that get promoted should just be looking to avoid relegation and the teams who get relegated should be looking to go straight back up? Or does football not really work like that? Well, there's lots of examples for both, um, really. Um, I think what you have to do is, is keep your nerve when you go up um, because you go from a team that probably wins regularly to a team that might not win as often. And it's just about keeping your nerve and keeping your confidence and keeping the belief in what you're doing. I think that's really important. The teams that do that, I think, go on to be consistent and solid. Um, I think we know we're in for a, a tough season, uh, but I think as a club, the size of our club and the quality of our group in terms of both the staff and the players, I think we'd be 
will be an asset to the National League. I think we'll add to the National League and I think um, and I think the National League will add to us in terms of helping us grow because over the next 12, 18, 24 months, we'll want to see this club grow into real, uh, not just contenders, but challenges and, and eventually hopefully back in the league. So um, it's taken us three hard years of work. Um, as I said to you in the, in the tea room about people, I think people underestimate how hard I've worked and my staff have worked for the last three years to get us building. It didn't happen overnight. It wasn't one season's work. It was three seasons' work. And whatever we achieve to get to the Football League will take a lot of work over a long period of time. And some of that work's already been done in terms of what we put in place. And now we just need to build on that. Um, and like you said, uh, just have a really, really competitive year, work as hard as we can, be as good as we can. And then we can take stock to see whether we're good enough and whether we need to invest more. Let's talk about your, your players going ahead into the season. Alex Currens has come in, Matty Warbton, Scott Duxby and Darren Stevenson have left the club. How happy are you with your squad at the moment? I think when we reflect on last season, we had a fantastic squad at the end. You know, when you consider uh, Jamie Stott and Jason Gilchrist on loan, the sort of strength in depth we had. Um, and we were able to like allow people to go out and have experience or get fit elsewhere with that group of players. I think this year we've lost, obviously, the four players from the end of the season. Uh, Matty, Darren, uh, Scott and Jamie, I think two of them were uh, starters in the last game of the season and two were, were, were the other two were quite big in the season in terms of their contribution. So uh, there are four big positions to fill. We're hoping that some of the players within the group will grow into those positions and the likes of Alex coming in and the other players that we'll add over the next couple of weeks, we feel will uh, not only make us as competitive, but potentially with a little bit more growth to come uh, in terms of the likes of Alex, what he's achieved as a 20-year-old. I think he's got a great future ahead of him and we want more of that type of player. When you've got a backbone of likes of Ben, Ash Palmer, Paul Turnbull, Sam Walker and the likes of them and Jordan Keane, you've got a solid base in which you can have uh, players that are proven but with great potential to come into your side and I think that's where we've got to find the growth as we go over the next 6, 12, 18 months. You mentioned Alex Currens a couple of times there. What attracted you to him? What what made you want him part of this of this squad and this club? Well, uh, as soon as we got promoted, I got a lot of calls from a lot of agents and I found some of the some of the wages ridiculous. Um, now, I don't know if that's the wage inflation created by several clubs that have just been uh, obscene budgets at that level, you know, the Salfords. Um, I can't, it's not proper to, to mention the kind of wages, and, but I think it's common knowledge to the, the overall wage is they had and the individual's wages they paid out. Um, and, and those clubs have cre created a, an inflation and expectation at this level uh, that I think is unrealistic for players. Um, the kind of what I would call league wages but that's going to trickle down all the way I mean you don't have to look at the absurd wages that have been paid in the Premier League for people who don't even play football regularly on a week um, so once those calls come in I thought mm, two things uh, I'm not sure we're going to get great value for money with those type of players and secondly I, I don't think it's fair on the players that we currently have on what I feel are reasonable wages if I was to bring somebody in on what I feel to be unreasonable it's not fair these lads have earned the right to play at this level. These lads have earned the right to share in the profits that we've made this year. Uh, so therefore, I started targeting players that were more sensible money. And I think for that, you have to look at maybe younger pros um, or players who uh, are happy with reasonable wages because of the opportunity they're going to get here. And I think um, Alex Curran ticked a lot of those boxes. Um, we've obviously monitoring the scene below us in terms of the kind of quality players 
Um, we haven't got this extensive network that some clubs have. I mean, clubs, uh, even in the league, are trawling those levels and picking up players before we've even seen their potential. Um, but with Alex, um, we think we've got a player who's got a, a standout CV. Over the last two years, he's been one of the main players in the Euro Stick Player of the Year. He's got the team of the year, not just for his league, but the league above, uh, or the overall league. Uh, regular goal scorer, regular assist. Um, just really excited to work with him because I think he's got a great future ahead of him and I think that we provide a, a great platform for him um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing him train and play this season. So it's pre-season today. Well, it actually began yesterday, if I'm right in saying. What goes on in pre-season? Uh, how, how aggressive, how... Um, all out, do you go in pre-season? Is this just about getting everybody back to the base level of fitness? What goes on in pre-season? Well, we've started earlier this year, but in terms of base levels, we'd expect the players to initially have a couple of weeks um, total rest, um, let all the neurological rest and recovery go on. And then uh, lots of them have been doing weights programmes off-season to build up particularly lower limbs uh, where you don't get a lot of time in, in season. So the base fit levels are really high at the moment. You could see that from training yesterday that we've got lads who have got a reasonable aerobic base and a reasonable strength base. And what we do now is just get them used to training regularly, training with a little bit more intensity. And then the first two or three weeks we'll be building up and building up on the aerobic and towards the anaerobic. And then the final four weeks you'll be talking about um, higher intensity, the games come along, the power, the speed, uh, the extra bit of endurance, uh, the, position specific skills so uh, but the main thing that we're looking at this pre-season is that um, is based at Manor Farm is to having um, at least five training sessions for full-time lads and also uh, having an extra week at the start I think it's really important we start next season well I think we've got quite a few young players who need to still develop as athletes um, so we're starting that process early and we're hoping that we can build up over the course of the next six or seven weeks to a point where we can hit the ground running and have a great start to the season because we know we'll get stronger as the season goes on with our training regime. We just need to make sure the lads are, are starting at a good level right from day one. Jim, despite what the weather's been saying to us, it is technically British summertime. We've got a couple of big concerts at Edgeley Park. Are, you, are we going to see you down there at any point? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think last year when we, well, it was a scorching summer, um, I think the pitch was brown at one point um, and the grounds were rock hard. Um, this is a little bit more moderate and great for training. But uh, yeah, no, I just, I've been around Edgley Park for the last two or three weeks and I've been seeing the preparations gone in place and seeing the big stage arch go up. Um, it's a fantastic occasion. I think the Blossoms are brilliant. Um, great for the town, great for Stockport, great for Blossoms that their first gig is with us. Um, I'll be there. Uh, really looking forward to the concert. Um, and then hopefully... Um, you know, we've got our work cut out then after that to get the pitch right for the start of the season. But the games are going to be coming thick and fast soon enough. So we're well underway. Um, like I said, it's always strange because my summer's in May, uh, the off-season. And uh, I've enjoyed a little break. Perhaps I needed a longer one, but there's so much work to be done that uh, I wanted to get a head start uh, and look forward to the team being in a position where we can get a flying start to the season ahead. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jim. We'll see you down the front at the weekend. So, Jim there, he's um, he's getting down and dirty with it already. Yeah. Um, you know, this this guy, is, <laughs> it's, not, um, <clears throat> it's not breaking news um, to, to release that he's one of the most uh, hard-working, dedicated, passionate men I've ever met in this, in this game and, and about this club. So, 
Um, he, you know, part of me wanted to ask him, "Have you just brought preseason this little bit early because you you want it to go again? You, you, <laughs> because you're a bit bored. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you, you know, you, you don't want that time away from the game. But um, you could tell he was he was just raring to go. You know, I, I showed up there uh, a good hour and a half before that training session started, and he was already there. Um, laying things out, getting things ready for training, going through what he was going to do to him, you know, uh, with with himself, and um, that's what you know. That's that's my manager. Do you know, that's that's what I want to look for in a gaffer, um, someone who cares. Obviously, you, you you with your Liverpool background, Jurgen Klopp, I imagine is exactly what you want to see yeah, in a absolutely. manager. Just someone who cares about the club and who cares, make sure that they're doing everything right. So um, yeah, he was raring to go. He didn't come out with anything particularly surprising in that interview. You know, he uh, he spoke about he'd been working hard over summer. He didn't have much of a break. None of this stuff surprises me. Although <laughs> I kind of wish he would. You know, I wish he would go away and just enjoy it a little bit. But when you're so ingrained into a, into I get a the club, impression he wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he, he'd probably be able to, you know, have a week where he's just focused on the family, on the kids, and having a rest and. And then, he, and even at night, I bet in his head he's going, "Yeah, well, if I played, that's inside there." We, we tried, <laughs> we tried the diamond, or you know, I remember that game at Motherwell where we, you know, Do you his but, wife tells him to stop playing with his food because he's doing formations yeah, on the dinner plate. Yeah, definitely, I've only got eleven peas left. <laughs> no, he's um, yeah, he, it, it was a pleasure to speak to him, and and it was good. I think it was good insight, just just to hear what happens in pre-season. Um, shock horror I don't want to spoil too much but I've been listening to a couple of other podcasts over the summer because ours hasn't been running uh, in particular football ones and it's, it's always nice to hear what goes on behind the scenes and what happens uh, at different clubs and stuff so for Jim to give us that bit of insight today you know it was just nice to see and it was good to see the players all getting on board with it as well and you know very early days but what you know this time last year you said the county would be champions I'm not asking for a prediction but I'm just thinking how are you feeling and and you know what is it that you want to see say in the first few games say in the you know in the run up to christmas what what is it that you'd most like to see well quite often uh i liken this this sport and our team to to boxing conversations um now the way i see this is it's a step up this is it's, there's no question this is a step up in class county have been promoted and they've moved up a division. The cliche in football is that the promoted teams tend to struggle and just hope to avoid relegation, and the relegated teams should be pushing for promotion. Uh, obviously, at non-league, it doesn't always work like that. Teams have often been relegated because they're completely skint and they can't go out and buy anyone. But similar to a, the, the boxing world, when you move up a level, you have to familiarise yourself with that ground fairly quickly. So if you've got... Um, a, a kind of fighter who's stepping up to to fight, maybe not a world champion, but you know certainly may, maybe a, a national champion or something. The first couple of rounds, he's got to find his feet. He's, he's got to know that ring. He's got to know where his where his uh, combinations are coming from, and he's got to find his bearings. County have got to do that fairly quickly. Um, the league fixtures, when they come out, they could be fairly unforgiving, um, as they were, I think, last season. You know, we had a really tough start, a lot of away games against. Um, Clubs favoured up to be up For near sure. the top, um, or they could be a little bit easier. Uh, they could relent a little bit, um, but whatever comes, County are going to have to keep calm. Don't expect a lot of wins in the first few games, because ultimately they've they've just got to find the feet and adjust to that new level and go through the gears slowly. Because 
none of the fans will be demanding promotion this season, but I don't think anybody wants to see us finishing one place above the relegation zone. I think County are better than that. They've shown last season they can hang with teams in this division. Absolutely. And um, the fact that all the players who've left, um, or certainly the majority of players that have left over the last few years, have gone on to higher levels, shows that that's the kind of ethos in the club. So, you know, it's difficult to say where are we going to finish. I'm certainly not going to sit here and say we'll, we'll win the league again. Um, as much as I'd like to, you would you would take somewhere around 10th to 12th I think it's it's probably a fair assessment with a with a good cup run, um, and then anything on top of that is a bonus. And you, as you said, you spoke to Jordan Keane as well. Yeah, um, Jordan Keane was talking about that transition and, and looking up, and uh, you know he was he he was a player who was instrumental last season. Um, you know, sometimes I, I I was accused of giving him a little bit too much stick on the radio, but um, ultimately he's a player who. Well, you, you talk about finding your feet. He's that steady rock. Jim was speaking about the core of the squad, the nucleus of the squad, the Ben Hinchliffe, the Ash Palmers, the Paul Turnbull, Scott, Sam Walker, uh, and Jordan Keane. So he's a guy who he can transition the play from defence to attack. He can win the ball back. So he's going to be probably one of the first names on the team sheet next season. And he sounds like he's up for the challenge. Well, let's uh, hear if he is up for the challenge. This is Chris's interview with Jordan Keane. Jordan, back for pre-season already. Just saying it's come round like nobody's business. How are you feeling? Yeah, feeling good. Feeling fresh. I think one positive of not having too much of a break. You don't, you don't lose too much. So we had a, a month or so off and then back in yesterday. Had a good session and back in tonight. Speaking to the gaffer earlier on, saying now when you sit in the dressing room, you're looking around and you're in there with a room full of champions. Of course, you play quite a starring role yourself in all that. How does that breed confidence going into the new season? I think it was... Like similar to last year, obviously now we're cherry on top of the champions. It was the same when you're winning games, you're looking around and everything's just clicking, everything's working. There's don't change what's not broke. So I think it's the same for this season if we carry that on and as much as we can and see where it takes us. Just speaking to Jim uh, a little earlier on, and he was talking about the core of his squad. You know that those middle players, Ben at the back, and then Ash and Paul and Sam, and and, and obviously yourself. How does it make you feel knowing that? The gaffer sees you as one of these core, you know, a bit versatile midfield if needed, defence if needed. How does that make you feel personally? Yeah, really good. I mean, myself, I just like, I like consistency. So, obviously, if that comes from above and you're trusted to play and, like, say, be a part of the core, which I think helps in, like, well, it's proven last year that the core of the team, if you stick together and you can add around it and you filter around it, then eventually it comes good, which I think, obviously, it was proven last year it did. The jump's a big one from part-time regional football to national football where you know, there's a lot more travel involved, there's a lot higher uh, standard teams, if you like. If, if you look at the top six or top seven in the national, there, there's some good teams up there. Uh, are the club ready? Are the players ready? I think the club and the players are more than ready. I think it's just knowing how to equip yourself for a different league, a different team, not knowing who you're coming up against because, like I say, when you've been in the Conference North four or five years, you come accustomed to the players and the teams that you're playing against. So now it might, to be fair, it might, it could work both ways or hopefully it works that you can take people by surprise because we're an organised outfit and teams might not expect that off us and then we go there and we, or like say you go down south and you take teams on who you don't really know about and hopefully we come out on top and it, it's another good uh, successful season. How do you as a player see the challenge? Do you relish it, up in your game a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, 
same as every season, you come back pre-season, you've got your new goals, you've got set your own targets and stuff like that. But I think, like I said before, the consistency side of it, and if we can just carry and roll on from last season and just roll into next season smoothly and just take the, the just take it by as much taking it as what you can. It's it's one of them. It's going to be tough, but if we like I say do as well as last season, then we'll have a half successful season. Have you had any time to yourself this summer to enjoy it? Uh, <laughs> the first couple of weeks was just a whirlwind. Like I said, I said the Sunday after we won, uh, after the non-eating game, I just remember sitting there thinking, "Is this it? Like we've won? Is that it? done now?" Then, but and then to be fair, like you said, we went away the weekend after as a team, and then the weekend after was the parade. That's when it starts sinking in. When you start seeing that sort of stuff, the Sunday after in the game itself was just like another game, but. The later it goes, the more you, the more you, it uh, sinks in. I won't keep you too long. I know they're allowed to get them ready, but uh, all the very best for the new season. Thank you very much. Cheers. So finally then, before we go, um, talking of boxing, have you seen Roberto Duran film? Is it out yet? Uh, I've, Looking forward to it? I, I've seen I've seen snippets of it, um, being in a, a little bit of an enlightened position. Um, Roberto Duran, one of the Fab Four, uh, you know, he's a trailblazer. In, yeah. the, in the boxing world, he's, he's no doubt boxing royalty, and with a summer that has so far served up so many twists and turns in the boxing world, um, there's a bit more of a spotlight on it at the moment. So yeah. uh, the Duran film, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing in full. And Rocky or Raging Bull? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here and say Raging Bull. Definitely Raging Bull. Because uh, I, I don't know, Rocky. Rocket Rocky's a great entertainment piece, but Raging Bull's the, the gritty side of it, and um, yeah, I quite like that in a film. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Hopefully County will knock out all their opponents in this season. I'm going to lock us in a room <laughs> and go and buy a big barrel of beer for us, <laughs> and you're not allowed to leave it for a week. <laughs> and you've got to net your pint if you have a wee. Chris, thanks. Thanks.